Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, and not just any experts, specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. James Scully and I began a conversation about abuse and bullying in the modeling industry in late 2016. I remember sitting with him over breakfast one day in West London, listening to these stories that James had been keeping to himself for many, many years. It was quite an emotional discussion, but I asked James if he'd be willing to share those conversations with all of us at our first Voices Gathering, which happened in December 2016. And to an enraptured room of industry leaders, fashion designers, and entrepreneurs, he shared these stories with a wider group that then traveled all around the world. And it's probably one of the most important discussions that we at the, as a BOF community could have had at Voices and a, and a conversation that will stand the test of time. I'm really pleased to share this conversation with you and share James's stories with you because they are important stories that need to be heard not just in fashion, but beyond. Just a quick note, James's conversation happened in front of a live audience, so please do excuse any audio issues. On my first day of college, um, I was on my way to class, and I passed a bulletin board, and on the bulletin board, it was just a green card that said, um, dressers needed, show up at Bergdorf Goodman at 9.30 in the morning, and I thought, that seemed more interesting than going to class, so I cut. 
So I went to Bergdorf's and I wound up on the third floor and I had no idea that they were premiering Karl Lagerfeld's first couture collection for Chanel. So three days earlier, I was on a bus with all the money I had and thinking, how did this boy from the crappiest part of New Jersey like wind up in the middle of this room? But there I was. And it was one of the most electric experiences of my life. It validated every reason I left home and that I wanted to be in this business. And it really... Uh, it just made me really want to be in show business. Like that was the thing that got me. And um, it was the inspiration of being back there and just the excitement and the blue haired ladies. And I thought, if this is what this business is about, I've totally made my decision and this is, this is the route I'm going in. And um, I was lucky uh, that, you know, as casting director, uh, which I basically morphed into, I'm hired by a group of designers to basically um, choose a cast for A, their shows, or B, their advertising that would kind of represent who they are and what they're feeling. And I'm given a missive and I basically apply, you know, the right girl to the right cast to the right designer. And um, I was really lucky to work in an era, especially in the late era, uh, late 80s and early 90s, where um, uh, there was such a diverse group of designers, there was such a diverse group of designers in every city, and there were so many girls, and there, were, uh, there really was no, um, as far as models went, there was really no hierarchy of the business. Every girl was equally important. You know, you needed Christy as much as you needed Veronica Webb, as you needed Iman, as you needed Yasmin Gori, and there was no such thing as one girl was better than the other, and you would look at a Calvin Klein show, and there were 28 black girls and it wasn't just because they were black it's just that was the business and everyone was there and you took from the most beautiful pool of girls that you could find um and i was bought up in that and that was sort of the way i grew up and it was the only way i ever knew fashion and fashion shows and now when i look at my career i feel like i work in a business i don't even recognize the the things that made you who you were which were your size and your race and your personality which totally defined who you were and what you bought to the show is totally a disadvantage in this business now and we used to depend so much on all of these girls to bring a personality address and we would tell them be yourself feel sexy have fun get into the show be a character and now that's just turned into be a boy don't move your hips, don't make eye contact, don't move your arms, show no femininity, because if you do that, you will not work with me again. And I just feel it's ironic now, because this business for me that was built on the celebration of the beauty and diversity of women has totally been hijacked by a small group of stylists and casting directors and photographers who not only seem to dislike women, but go out of their way every day to prove it on a daily basis. And I know how we got here, but I just have to ask the business now why we let this continue. Um, the first time I really experienced this kind of new wave of what was going on in the business was um, I was the bookings editor of Harper's Bazaar and I met a model and fell in love with her and we were producing a big shoot and I told, uh, I called the photographer's agent and said, here's the list of girls and she said, who is this girl? And I was like, she's new, we really like her behind her and she's like, but she's black and he doesn't shoot blacks and I in my whole life, I'd never heard that. So I was like, excuse me? I was like, what do you, like, he just doesn't shoot blacks. And I was like, well, Pat McGrath is on hold for makeup and he works with Edward Enfield all the time and he shoots Naomi all the time. And she said, well, that's different. And I said, well, explain to me how that's different because last time I checked, they were all black. So are they different black people? Or are they different kinds? She's like, well, here's the deal. He's just not shooting her. And I was like, well, here's the deal. He's under contract, so he's shooting her. So let's not fight about this and let's have him meet her and let's, 
see how it goes. If she's new, if it doesn't work out, obviously we can send her home, but I really believe in this girl. So first day of the shoot, um, I get a phone call from the makeup artist who is snuck over to another side of the room, and he says, you need to come down here now. And I said, what's the problem? He's like, there's this poor girl, she's jumping all over the place, and she's falling all over, and there's no film in the camera. And I was like, wow, okay. I'm like, I, I went to the editor-in-chief, I'm like, I'm coming down, I'm coming down now. So I'm in the car, and... Uh, the phone rings, and it's the model's agent, and I said, I know, I know, it, there's no film on the camera, I'm freaking out, I'm going down there. She's like, no, you don't understand, she's four months pregnant. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, I was like, I'm going down now, we're getting there. So I get on the shoot, and they're all there, and I get there, and she's jumping, and she's falling all over the place, and she has no idea what's going on. And I basically pulled them all aside and was like, guys, like, what the hell's going on here? Like, get your acts together. Like, you really, like, I don't understand how you could even do this. And they're like, but, but, but. I was like, she's pregnant. So I watched a few faces drop, and they were visibly upset. And then I watched them go over in another group, and they had said the same thing to another person, and that one person just went like this. <laughs> and I, I couldn't believe after all the years that I'd been in this business where I'd never experienced a thing like that in a business that to me was totally about joy, that any group of people could do something so cruel to someone who had no idea, and she was only there to be in a shoot. Um, and there was a lot of, a lot of that was starting to happen, but I just personally, I don't even know how to explain I wasn't traumatized, I don't really know. I kind of lost some kind of faith in this business when, after that happened, and there were a few more racial issues that were going on in the magazine and sort of in the business as a whole. And I just decided after that, you know, maybe this isn't for me. So I sold my apartment, I walked in and resigned, and I moved. And uh, the week before I was moving, uh, she came to see me in my office, and we were saying our goodbyes, and she started to cry. <laughs> She said, you can't do this. And I thought, it's like a ton of bricks hit me. I just thought, wow, like, you just made such a huge mistake. And I felt like a complete and utter coward. And I really feel like I let her and so many people down. But I'd already made my decision, and I needed the break for me, so I left. And then two years later, um, I get a call, and the phone rings, and it's Beth Ann Hardison. <laughs> and she basically said to me, um, boy, you need to get out of that cornfield because we got work to do, so get some jobs and come back to New York City. And everyone or anyone who knows Beth Ann knows that you don't say no to Beth Ann. So I was, I was feeling ready to work and to come back. Um, and what I didn't realize that just in the two years that I was gone, the business had totally changed. Um, diversity was completely wiped out of the shows. It was wiped out of editorial. And then three sort of things sort of happened at once, um, which I would not really refer to as a perfect storm, but um, they all kind of happened at once and it kind of really dealt a big blow to the industry as a whole. And the first one was American Vogue. They stopped shooting models for the covers and they, um, they only started shooting celebrities. And what that did was that for any girl that ever walked into an agency, American Vogue was 
the crown jewel of your entire career. It would lead to that cover, it would lead to all the other Vogue covers, it would lead to every single cover that you could possibly get and solidify you, uh, you know, solidify your career, um, as well as every other magazine that exists. So because of what Vogue did, every single American magazine followed suit. So at one point when you were a girl, what, what the standard of beauty was, was at least you had to walk into an agency and at some point, be beautiful enough to be on that cover. And now that was totally wiped out and there was really no standard. Um, in the early 90s, around that time, uh, there was a period before Paris became the Paris we know today, pre-Lanvin, pre-Celine. It was kind of a dead city at the moment. And uh, Milan at the time was still the place to go. You had Tom Ford's Gucci, you had Prada, you had Marnie, you had Jill Sander, and then uh, there was a moment where a lot of those people ended up leaving their houses. Um, they quit, they left the business, they were fired. Um, and what it did was sort of, for a time, left Prada as the sole influencer of the fashion industry. And um, what they did, uh, and it's not necessarily what they did, and I'm not laying blame, this is just what happened, but they basically ushered in a new kind of model, and she was sweet, she was youthful, she was perversely Lolita-esque, um, she was white, but she literally took the fashion world by storm, and she basically, besides representing, you know, a look for one particular designer, she was really the create, you know, she was kind of the creation of a, a casting director and a stylist that they hired, and, um, because of that, they really had exclusive access to these kind of girls, and they were the only ones, and what it did was make them power hungry and they basically they took their leverage with these girls in these agencies and they basically used it to piggyback on top of their other clients and it kind of started this abuse that basically became the industry standard and then kind of due to the magnitude of Prada's influence um, they as a company become a non-stop launching ground for like new girls and new girls and it really ushers in this whole idea of just let's just keep replacing girls and let's not let's punish the cover stars, let's just bring in new every season. And then, then you have style.com, which comes along. And basically, you have 24-hour rondelay of like things to watch, and you basically get to see what your competition is doing. And what it really does is it makes fashion total entertainment. And in the end, what that does is it kind of makes a lot of designers insecure. And since Prada is now the definition of what is going on as far as the face of beauty, um, everyone decides like that's what they want. I don't, I don't have my identity anymore. I want what Prada wants. I want what this designer is doing. It's not about the individual, individuality of what anyone was doing. And then basically it just became everyone looking for a constant new face and uh, Paris started to happen, and it basically what happened is it started to mushroom these teams of stylists and casting directors, and what they would basically do is, because Prada really owned this girl, they started to decide to find, I'll do my own exclusive, I'll create my own new girl, and it basically started what I call a Prada copycat, which was um, a more watered-down version of that girl, and not only was she really white, she was prepubescent, she was vacant, she has no personality, no sexuality, and no racial diversity at all, and she's also very cheap. Um, she costs a quarter of what a girl like Daria or Natalia would cost, so in the end, everyone's like, well, let's have 10 of those, because she's readily available, because now that opened the door to 
you know, Brazil to Eastern Europe to Russia, and all of these places just had tons of girls. But the problem with that is they had no age restrictions and they had no visa restrictions. And because of this aesthetic of Prada being young and sweet, all of a sudden it flooded the market with 13 to 17 year old girls that are just, they're no way emotionally or physically ready to handle this business. We're literally asking children to do the job of adult women and, uh, Unfortunately, because they flood the market and this becomes the girl, and everyone decides this is what I need to have because that's what Prada is doing, it kind of changed. Everyone got used to the aesthetic, and all of a sudden, girls who had beautiful bodies and who had personalities and who really bought clothes to life were now replaced by these prepubescent girls. And unfortunately, uh, everyone gets used to that aesthetic, but the big problem is we have this new wave of these. 13 to 15 year old girls, and they start going through puberty. And that becomes a big problem because now the stylists and the casting directors are actually holding their puberty against them. And by the time Paris hits, the most dangerous version of this manifestation is that you now have a designer and a top stylist who decide that this is the norm and this is what the body type is going to be. So they basically.、Um, Start sending notices to agencies, which is illegal,、um, but they were doing it. And it was basically body, body measurement requirements that were pretty much the hips, breast, and waistline of a 14 year old girl. And basically, that created disastrous con consequences because, again, because now this new exclusive was the thing that everyone wanted. Everyone in the business decided they had to find their own. Their own kind of girl as well. And what it, with the mushrooming of the teams, basically, you would now have five or six teams of stylists and a casting director, and five designers would hire them, and a PR agency would hire the other. So now they have five shows that have an advertising campaign attached, they have a show attached, and they have everything else attached with that job. So now these stylists and the casting directors could say, well, basically, I own you now. I found you, so you are going to work for me and you will do my five shows and you will do everything I ask you to for less money while they collect a huge paycheck. You will probably do it at your own expense and fly yourself in, and you will shoot all my editorial for my magazines that nobody reads for no money, or I don't work with you anymore. And what that started is then you have another group of stylists. Well, because she's working with her, I don't want to work with her. And because she's working with her, I'm not going to work with her. So you have, now you've broken up the business because you have this team of girls who are not really working for anybody or anyone all the time. And the real problem that that created was you had a group of girls with established careers who were in 10, 15 years of their careers who are now at their peak. And all of a sudden, They're starting to starve themselves because now they are competing against 15 year old disposable girls. And then you have young girls who are trying to stay in the game and make these stylists and these casting directors happy. But what they're doing is they're trying to do anything they can to stave off going into puberty. So, what it starts is a four or five year completely business abusive of the older girls basically becoming anorexics. And all the young girls have learned that they can now drink Adderall. They can、uh, take Adderall and drink Red Bull. They don't have to eat. They can live on that for four months before they have a crash. And That is basically what that whole thing created. So, where it leaves us now is、um, 
we totally work in a system that's based on fear. You know, now we have agents who are forced facilitators to stylists. The models have totally become pawns for their egos, and they're totally held hostage by their bullying and what have now become irrational demands because. The agents don't even have the control of saying to a girl, "I think this job is good for you," but it's, "Oh, well, this stylist is attached, so now I have to do this." And now there's a young designer in New York that just got an award, and he just spent all his money to hire this person. So now they're doing a free show that they don't even belong in. But you have to do this because if you don't do this, you are not going to work for their magazine. They're going to threaten you with five photographers, and it doesn't matter that you're getting paid in trade because at the end of the day, there's something at the end of the road for you, which is really nothing because most of these people discard the girls out of boredom. Within a season or two,、um, one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress.、Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast code acast. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, and not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up. Swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit eBay.com for terms. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef-grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. And 
now it's just become literally, especially on the show circuit, it has just become a big ego game of like one person getting five clients and then making everyone do their bidding. And what this has created is kind of a behavior that I can give examples of what people, you know, we've become desensitized now to the way we treat these girls and the way we just discard them and we, you know, we hold their puberty against them. And uh, these are some examples of girls, of, of actually behaviors that people behave now that is just totally the norm, is totally accepted, and people aren't doing things, any, <clears throat> people are doing nothing about. Um, there's a casting duo that everyone knows, and every season they call entirely massive castings of models they have no intention of booking. And they take their books, they lock them in a room, and then they go to lunch for four hours. And sometimes they'll go in the next room so the girls can see them, but they're there and they're having lunch, and they don't do anything with them, so the girls miss the rest of their days, they miss bookings, they're missing things for money, and they get canceled from other shows because now they've missed another stylist's work, so they're mad at the girl, so now they won't work at the girl. And last season, they took it a step further that after their lunch, they told all the girls that if they wanted their books back, that they had to clean up after their mess. So they made every single one of these girls go in and sweep the room, clean the toilets, and throw their lunch away. And none of those girls got booked for any of the things that they were doing. Um, there is a stylist that actually blackballed a model whose father died the night before a show because he didn't want to fit another girl and he thought that she should show up for the show the morning and then fly home and go to her father's funeral and because she chose to go home to the, her father's funeral, he never worked with her again and basically blackballed her in the whole industry. Um, I once worked for a designer who basically had to have and demanded the most voluptuous, the most Victoria's Secret, the most incredible girls I have to have, the top, 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 top girls to be in my show, um, to, you know, because I feel like that represents who I am and my dresses and what I'm pulling across, you know, to this world. And then, uh, which I thought was great. I thought the whole idea was great. And then I show up the morning of the show to almost 90% of the cast crying because the stylist went out and boss bought ace bandages, bandaged all their breasts down, and then bandaged their knees together so they wouldn't look like girls. We now have black and Asian casting directors being told by designers not to cast black and Asian models to their face. <laughs> We have tons of European designers and stylists saying, in Europe, not being diverse is not a problem for us, and that is completely the problem. Um, right now, we have a lot of girls that are being forced to cut and dye their hair for A-list shows and exclusives, and we pretend that they have the choice to cut their hair, but uh, pretty much that whole idea has turned out to be a career killer since the day this entire practice started, and now it's become its own, it's become its own form, form of abuse, because now you have people that, if you're going to be in my show, if you're going to do my thing, if you want to be the girl out here, we're going to cut your hair, and then I sit in Paris watching 40 girls cry because they've totally ruined their career because now they have fried blonde hair, <laughs> and it's this short when they actually had beautiful long hair, and now they've been axed out of every show because now everyone says, well, you're that haircut of that girl in that show so you're useless to me. Um, and there's another stylist who um, is quite famous for fat-shaming girls. Um, and she really enjoys <laughs> calling girls in, putting them in bodysuits, and telling them, instead of seeing their body type, to tell them which one is the fattest girl in the room. And uh, a couple seasons ago, she... Uh, told a girl over the summer that you're really out of shape and you need to gain, you need to get your body back in shape to be in one of my shows. So you have three months to get yourself in gear. Uh, so that girl showed up in Paris 
and apparently still was not pleasing enough to this stylist, and she basically called her fat in the room full of models who then all went on and texted their friends and told everyone that this girl is fat. And it was A, not true, and B, uh, most of the designers in Paris who had her on option completely canceled her without even offering her a go-see to see that this was not true. And I saw her, and I booked her, and we sat backstage, backstage, we sat at her fitting, and we talked, and I just said, what, you know, what happened? And she said, you know, she's like, I wasn't fat. She said, um, I was pregnant. And I thought it was more important in my career to terminate the pregnancy so that I could get this show and I could make this girl happy. And in the end, I got here and I still wasn't. I still wasn't the right girl for her. And on top of the fact that she now basically has to live with a devastating decision that she would not have made if she was not pressured, she was also humiliated that she was humiliated in front of an entire city who didn't even give her the chance to see that she, <laughs> what was said about her was not true. Um, and basically, this is where we are in the business. And I think there are some things that just really need to change. And one of those things is I really think the idea of exclusives totally need to be rethought. Um, personally, other than Prada and sometimes at Louis Vuitton, they work very well. They're very loyal to their girls. Prada, which used to be one of the most exclusionary shows in the business, is now actually one of the most inclusive. And I would say in the last five years, most of the model of colors models of color who actually have careers have been broken from that show. Um, uh, on the other hand, uh, there are other, my, the, the other thing in the really, the, the other thing that I think has to be paid attention to is that um, public companies, you know, like the LVMHs and the Carings and the Richemonts, you're hiring all these people and they are working for you and you don't know it. And I think that it's time that you really investigate what these people are doing on behalf of your company. And I really think that when a stylist or a casting director decides they're going to punish a girl for being late or because she did someone else's show or I'm going to cancel an entire agency's worth of girls because you made me mad and you didn't give me what I want, uh, is incredibly unprofessional and petty and ridiculous and an insult to the person who actually hired you to do your job. You're not here to take your frustrations out on a girl um, or their agent or their agency. Um, and the other thing, I mean, in the end, there are some strides. Again, Prada has made some, Prada has made some strides. And um, uh, while I will say, Gucci will get two thumbs down for lack of diversity. They also did an incredible thing this year, which was to tell their casting director that they cannot hire girls under 18. And I can promise you that probably stopped the flow of underage girls in Milan by about 60%. And I think that if a public company like that would not like to be complicit in this behavior, it would be incredibly helpful for you to also possibly suggest the same thing or just say that you are, you are not going to book girls that young because it really stops the flow of girls who are not ready for this business emotionally or physically. And they will actually be able to come back to the business when they're ready, when they're old enough. And what Gucci proved is that even though that cast was not, over eight, was not under 18, it still looked as youthful and it still portrayed the actual message that they wanted to portray. So there's no reason to actually literally have to go out and find people that 
that are just too young for the business. And I also think everyone has to support girls more. I mean, at this point, we can't just keep teaching, you know, treating them like Tinder swipes. You know, in my day, you know, you just stuck with a girl. Like, you believed in her. She inspired you. There were girls that were such good models that in the days of Linda and Christy and Naomi, if they gained a few pounds, they knew clothes so well that they would come in and say, you know what, I gained five pounds. You take it out here, you put it in here, and I'll keep my hands on my hip, and no one will ever know I gained weight. And that's the thing I missed, because that was, girls were able to, they were able to develop those kind of careers. We were able to develop personalities, and they were able to develop relationships with people. And I just don't understand this whole idea of, like, we have to be cool. And being cool means not, not having any emotion. And uh, for me, the reason that I love this business was the showmanship of it, was the, you know, the performance of it, and the fact that we don't, we don't give girls the chance to even, like, ever enjoy what's going on in the business because now it's become so ugly. And, and one of the other positives of this business right now is social media. I mean, Instagram has actually given some girls the power of their career back, and girls who basically have been tossed aside by stylists are now able to work a career outside the system, which actually is a career they deserve and earn because they have done what they have to do and to, to make people believe that like they're just not a one-hit wonder, that, that there are, there's, I'm valid, I can model, I, put me in a room and I will give you everything you need me to give. And... Um, the other thing I would like to ask is I would really like to ask Anna Wintour on behalf of the whole modeling industry to really consider how many more covers you give girls a year because um, while celebrities serve a purpose in this world, as a person in fashion and as a person that came into this world for the fantasy of it, celebrities at best are appealing and this business is not about appeal. This business is about a dream and it's about a fantasy and I don't need appeal. I want to dream. I just think this whole idea of creating fake tastemakers out of people who borrow clothes and rent houses and lease cars has kind of run its course and it feels phony. And, you know, the biggest thing on Twitter this week and the biggest thing on in social media is Victoria's Secret, Victoria's, you know, don't tell me that you can't go into a cornfield and everyone in America doesn't know who those girls are. So there is a way with Instagram, with social media, these girls are being able to create a world around themselves. And just like everyone has reiterated today, you know, we're in a new world. And if people don't see themselves somewhere and they can't find it, they're just going somewhere else to find it. And they will find it and they'll do their own thing. Um, and... I guess my final words or the, you know, I mean, this is such a big subject and I'm hoping I'm just opening a door today um, because these things really do have to be addressed and there's so much more abuse and it's so much more sadistic and it's so much more mean than you can believe. And it's really hard for me who I assume the reason everyone came into this business was to dream and to be around and creative people and to be inspired by women and be inspired by men and just to have these incredible collaborations. And uh, it's, uh, I just feel like that's why, that is, that is why we do what we do. I'm so lucky to work in a business that is to convince people to want something they don't even need. And that, for me, is a real pleasure and a real honor. And I miss the joy of this business. I miss the joy of knowing girls. I miss the joy of relationships. I miss the magic that 
brought me into this business in the first place. And I considered recently again to leave and I sold my house and I sold my apartment and I thought, you know what, I'm doing the same thing I did 20 years ago. I, I love what I do and I love the people and I love the girls that I've met and I've loved making people happy and the things that make me prouder when a girl comes after a show. And so I've never felt like that before. You know, recently I worked in Par uh, London with Stella McCartney and I worked with an Indian boy that I found a couple years ago and they did the show and he's like, I've never been in a room with so many people who are just like me. And, you know, while that makes me proud, it also breaks my heart. Because it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be one instance. It shouldn't be one time. This should be all the time. This is like the last fantasy we have. And to be quite honest, for the next four years, I'm depending on this business to give me the joy that I came into it for. And I just feel like the most important thing I can impart to these people now is like really understand what the power of your words mean. I hear, I get so many letters from so many girls and people reach out to me on social media and it's always the same thing. If someone just didn't say that way, say it that way, if someone was just not so mean, I wouldn't have become anorexic, I wouldn't have started drinking, I wouldn't have quit the business, I would have had some sense of self-worth and that's, I just think that when that people really have to put their egos aside and you've lost the big picture. This whole thing is about how people see themselves and, you know, a brand and fashion is a promise. And if you, you exclude people, you've, you've ruined the promise. You all of a sudden have told someone you're not worthy, you're not good enough. And, and I really, that is the thing that was not part of this business when I came into it. It is the thing I would really like to see come back. And the one thing I learned today is we're in a new world and we're, we're in a world that people will literally find the things they need to find where they have it. But why not find it in this industry? Why not? Why can't we all come together and just just be nice to people? And, and I think the most important advice I ever received at the very beginning of my career, um, which is sort of the thing I live with, was when I really, the first time I worked in Milan and I really realized how mean people were to girls and it was really shocking to me because in New York, everyone loves you, it's a party, it's great. And to really see these kind of men being sort of misogynist and just kind of really treating women as though they were things as opposed to actual people with feelings. And when you say something, you can ruin someone's life. So you really just, there's nothing, it's not hard to be nice. It's not hard to look at someone and show them some kindness because everything is a nightmare and this business should not be. <laughs> and uh, Andre Leontali, who I was working with at the time, when I got really wrapped up about like how, like what can I do about this? What can I do about this? This is just so awful. And he said, you know what, James, just remember this and take this with you. Um, every time you look at a girl or a boy and you're working with someone, treat them like they're your own child. And if, to me, that really sat with me because I thought if I can look at anyone and I can give them that kind of kindness, if I'm having a bad day, I don't know what day there is, but like, you know what? It makes me happy to make them feel good. This whole business is about making someone feel good about themselves, which makes me feel good, which was the nice thing about this business. And um, what I will say is I, I want to thank all the girls who shared their stories with me, and um, especially to Isaac Lindsay, who wrote me an incredible letter about how, this, how she left this business with no self-worth and that reading something that I said totally validated that she thought how she was made to feel was wrong. And that was so powerful to me. And you're the reason I'm sitting here, Isaac. And um, uh, 
I just wish that everyone could put aside their egos and realize that we're in this together and this is not about you and it's not about your name. It's really about, it's about the people. This business is about the people and I would really love to see everyone just have fun and joy again. I, I would love to see that return to this business. And, and what I, uh, I lost my train of thought, but what I, what I do want to say is that these girls have told me their stories. And if this business and this behavior does not, does not change, um, I will have no problem attaching those stories to people on social media. Because if you can't behave in the right way in this business, if you can't be nice to people, if you can't take people for who they are and realize that they have feelings and they have lives and everything you say and do to them can completely either be the best thing that ever happened to them or the worst thing that ever happened to them. If you're going to continue to bully this business and bully these girls, then it is time to call out your behavior because you don't deserve to be in this business. So. That is how I would like to leave today, and I'm sorry this is not another <laughs> bouquet of roses, but I feel it's important to say these things, and it's important to open this door, and I really hope that people will be more kind and more thoughtful about how they treat people, and for any girl that feels like that she can't, or any boy, that they can't fight up against the system, contact me. I am happy to be your voice. Thank you. Thank you. Voices is a completely different kind of fashion industry gathering, bringing together the movers, shakers, and trailblazers of fashion, and uniting them with the big thinkers, entrepreneurs, and inspiring people who are shaping the wider world. Through a program of provocative talks, interactive discussions, and unforgettable activities, Voices sparks new ideas and solves real-world challenges by connecting fashion industry leaders and entrepreneurs with visionaries from fields as diverse as science, technology, health and wellness, food, film, politics, the arts, philosophy, and philanthropy. Voices will be happening again in December 2017. If you like this talk, please do save the date and look out for more information at businessoffashion.com voices for more details. Thanks for listening to the Business of Fashion podcast. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating and subscribe today. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef grade range recently and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off limits. 
The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.